This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on Oregon. Oregano. <laughs> Oregano. 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 That's <laughs> how they say it in the UK, but with an accent. How do you know that? Because I watch great British Bake Off. <laughs> and they say words that I'm like, that doesn't sound right. But I guess it is because they originated the language. True. Like they say aluminium instead of aluminum. And yeah, that's we weird. Have, we have different phonetics on different. <laughs> le- okay. <laughs> Yeah, no. All right, Tiff. <laughs> Fancy words over here. We have different phonetics. Anyway, oregano. Let's get it. So we're going to talk about the Cowden family. Okay. Richard Cowden and his wife, Belinda, had two children. Damn, a whole family? Yes. Got murdered? Well, why don't we wait and see together? Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll wait and see together. <laughs> Sorry. Jump the gun. So uh, Richard and Belinda and their two children, David and Melissa, um, Damn another Melissa. I I know Melissa's not, but Melissa was a baby. She was only five months old. Oh no! Now there's babies. I know. So they were residents of White City, um, and then they decided to do a last minute camping trip near the Carberry Creek in Copper, Oregon. Okay. Over the Labor Day weekend in 1974. Damn, another Labor Day. I know. It's, nonsense. Wow. I, f- I feel like if you have a three-day weekend, you have more time to think about murder and murder people. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a theory. <laughs> Who knows? You can't, you're not, you don't have to be at work or. You don't have to. You have, you have the day off, so nobody will suspect you of anything. Right. Everyone has the day off, so no one will <laughs> just narrow What are you going to do? Or... Arrest the world? <laughs> yes. Okay. So on August 30th, the family, along with their pet basset hound named Droopy. Droopy. I know. I love the name. Um, Me too. They arrived at the campground near the creek and an area that they had frequented in the past. So they'd gone multiple times. Okay. They parked their 1956 Ford pickup truck on Carberry Road. Nice. Or Carberry Creek Road, a short distance from the campsite. Okay. The next day, or two days later, on September 1st, because I think there's 31 days. Yeah, there's 31 days in August. Mm -hmm. So two days later, on September 1st, 1974, Richard and his son David arrived at the Copper General Store at approximately approximately 9 a.m. where Richard purchased milk. Okay. The two of them then departed the store on foot, heading toward their campsite. This was the last sighting of any of the Cowden family. Later that evening, Belinda's mother was expecting the family to come over for dinner on their way home. When they failed to arrive, she went to the campsite near the creek, but found nobody there. Okay. What she did find was all of the family's belongings, though. Wow. Okay. There was a plastic dish pan full of cold water on the ground. The keys to the family's truck, as well as Belinda's purse, were in plain sight on the picnic table. 
a diaper bag, as well as the camp stove, fully assembled, were also in plain view. And there was a half carton of milk that the Richard had purchased earlier that morning sitting on the table. Weird. Okay. So Belinda, I know y'all got bears out there. Right. So I know that Camp Ranger was pissed. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It was just the day, though. So maybe yeah. the, the bears didn't come out to play yet. <laughs> they didn't come out to play. <laughs> Silly bear. Belinda couldn't locate her daughter, son-in-law, grandchildren. So she started becoming very panicked. And when she noticed... Obviously. Yeah. When she noticed all those belongings, um, she started looking around some more. And okay. so she also found an expensive ritual or Richard's expensive watch. Okay. As well as his wallet. Okay. The wallet also contained $21. And in 1975, $21 is probably equivalent to over $100 today. Okay. She also found an open pack of cigarettes, and the brand of cigarettes was actually the brand that Melinda or Belinda smoked. Okay. The family's Philip Morris. Yeah. So the family's truck, which was parked on the road, still contained all their clothing, with only their bathing suits missing. Interesting. Right. I mean, I mean, maybe they wanted to go take a dip in the in the crick. Crick. <laughs> Belinda's mother started looking around, and after about an hour, she left the campground to go notify authorities, after which the sheriff, troopers, and the District 3 office of the Oregon State Police arrived at scene. Okay. Officers started searching the area until it grew dark so they couldn't see anything and had to hold off. I have a question. Uh-huh. Is the camp was the campground like secluded? Because it sounds like one of those like situations where you like park on the side of the road and then you like hike down. I think that's what it was because they said that they parked on a road and okay. then they went to the campsite. Interesting. And so I know typically most campsites or campgrounds you can come and drive up to your. Yeah, if it's like a recreation, yeah, like spot. But then I there are people who just like they just park and go find a good spot in right. the woods. And this was 1975, so it was probably not. They probably didn't have as many, like, rec spots yeah. as we do now, yeah. campgrounds. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then I'm just thinking, too, like, how terrifying for the for the grandmother right. to just be, like, sitting there, like, waiting. Right. Like, I feel like I would be really creeped out. I would be really creeped out. Like, I, I don't think I would have stayed there. I think I would have just gone to the authorities. I as soon as I saw all of the, I, I'm sure she waited there to see if they were coming back because True, fair. If she saw that the bathing suits were missing. Maybe she thought they went to go take a dip in the creek. I don't know. But then but, you would just think like, you, you know, your gut's just telling you like something's off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just being in the woods in that situation, my guts being like something weird's happening. I'd be like really paranoid and freaked out oh yeah well and she, they expected the family to come to the grandma's house mm -hmm. and so if they didn't show up i'm sure something was wrong absolutely so lieutenant mark kaiser who headed the case around the investigation said that they had to delay it about a day because of lack of 
indication that there might have been any violence that happened or occurred at the campsite. Okay, so they kind of gave it like the we're going to give it 48 hour approach to see if anything pops up. That's Mm -hmm. interesting, but common. It is common, right? There was no sign of struggle that all the Mm -hmm. items were left there. Yes. And Belinda's purse and whatnot, but there was no sign of struggle. A state trooper named Officer Erickson also recalled that when they went to this campsite, the camp was spooky, even the milk was still on the table. And so it just looked like a abandoned house, pretty much, or abandoned town. Yeah. And it was just it was insane how everything was still left out. Everything was fully assembled, like the camp stove and ten, like yeah, and the milk was still on the table. Yeah. The following morning on September 2nd, the Cowden's pet basset hound, Droopy, was found scratching at the front door of the Copper General store, but there was no sign of Droopy's owners. Poor Droopy. I know. So the search for the Cowden family was one of the largest in Oregon history and included state and local police, explorer scouts, the United States Forest Service, and the Oregon National Guard. As well as hundreds of volunteers. Mm-hmm. The U.S. Forest Service searched 25 miles of road and trails surrounding the campsite, and helicopters and planes were flown over the area equipped with infrared imaging. Wow. Despite this very large search, there was no sign found apart from finding the dog. The official search of the area was suspended on September 7th, but friends and relatives continue to spend many weekends and vacations to look for any sort of clue. Okay. So we want to talk about the family had very little debt. They were not behind on any payments. And Richard actually made enough money to support his entire family. So it was very unlikely that they just disappeared voluntarily. Okay. It didn't seem like robbery was a motive as well because the wallet and watch were left behind. Yeah. And then no bodies were found in the creek, which ruled out accidental drowning. So what happened to the Cowden family? What happened? As a lover of animals, I am happy that Droopy was found. That is very true. But where did but Droopy I'm sad go? That the Camden Cowden Cowden family passed away that or is missing. That's so well, random. I'm not done with the story. Oh, wow, there's more. So that was September. They stopped the search September 7th, right? Okay. Then April 12th, 1975. Damn, okay. Two gold prospectors from Forest Grove, Oregon, were hiking through the woods near Carberry Lake when they discovered the decomposing body of an adult male tied to a tree on a steep hillside. Wow. Okay. Then, in a small cave nearby, they found the bodies of an adult male or adult female, a child, and an infant as well. Huh. Positive identification of the bodies of those... Sorry. You're good. They identified those bodies as being the Cowden family via dental records. Okay. Autopsy... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Autopsies revealed that Belinda and David had died as a result of gunshot wounds, and then five-month-old Melissa had died from severe head trauma. Wow. I know. How can you do that to a five-month-old is my real question. For real? I was like, surely they just left the baby behind. They didn't They didn't cause harm to that baby other than just leaving them behind. Mm-hmm. Blunt force trauma. I know. It's wow. so sad. How did they get tied to a tree? <laughs> Why were they in a cave? I don't know. I have so many questions. Law enforcement suspected Richard Cowden died at the site of where the body was found but were unable to determine the cause of death. He was just tied to the tree. He might have, like, died of starvation or something, but they couldn't really determine that. Interesting. The investigators thought that Belinda and the two children could have potentially been killed elsewhere and concealed in the cave. So they were moved into the cave to hide their bodies. They thought of... A couple of possibilities that Richard could have murdered his own family. Um, so that was my first thought. Yeah. I know it's really dark. That's literally where I went to. So detectives started searching the area for a gun or weapon. Okay. But they never found one. Okay. And if Richard was indeed responsible for the death of his own family and his own suicide, then we would assume that the weapon would still be around or they could find it. Fair. Yeah. You would think that, like, after doing what you did to your family in the cave, you would probably just throw the gun off to the side. Right. But then also, why would you just, like, weirdly tie yourself to a tree? How do you tie yourself to a tree? Yeah. And so, I mean, as soon as I would see someone tied to a tree, I'd be like, obviously, he didn't do this. There is no way. Right. I mean, I don't know why you would. There's no way, right? Like, I'm, like, literally trying to think. I know you could probably tie yourself to a tree, but, like, tie yourself to where, like, you can't get out. Right. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. Because you can like tie the knot in front of you, but then mm-hmm. if you really wanted to leave, you could just untie it. Yeah. So the authorities bagged everything up and on the way down, uh, all the way down to the mineral soil. Okay. However, the evidence was very scarce because it was more than half a year later and they were, it was all exposed to the elements. Absolutely. Oregon gets fucked cold as shit. The authorities. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I made myself laugh. <laughs> the authorities believe that Richard and David returned to the camp after their trip to the store and the family went swimming in the adjacent uh, Carberry Creek okay. later that morning. And that's why their bathing suits were missing. Were they wearing their bathing suit? Oh, it was probably all gone. Yeah, I don't. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So and then a short time later, probably around noon, the family was abducted at gunpoint and most likely by someone they did not know. They hypothesized that they were probably driven some sort of distance away, forced up the steep slope where they were found, and at least three of them were shot. Okay. One family from Los Angeles had arrived at the campground at about 5 p.m. on September 1st. Okay. And while walking in the park that evening, they witnessed two men and a woman parking nearby in a pickup truck. They said they were acting a little weird and they were waiting for us to leave. And frankly, they made us nervous. So we moved on. Oh, okay. 
Based on the location of Belinda and the children's bodies inside the cave, lieutenants suspected that the person responsible was a local resident who knew the area and was aware of the cave's location. Okay. After the family's remains were recovered, a resident of Grant's Pass who had volunteered in the search told police that he had searched the cave where Belinda and the children's bodies were found in September of 1974, and they were not there at that time. Okay. To confirm that story, police also had the man take them to the cave that he searched. It was indeed the same cave where the bodies had been discovered. Mm. Then fast forward to August 2020. So this. Wow. Yeah. A year ago. Yes. You're in some change. They interviewed uh, the former Oregon State Police detective about the involvement with the Cowden case. Okay. Uh, multiple agencies, including the OSP, the Jackson Country Sheriff Office, and Central Point Police searched, as he recalls, searched for months on end, chasing their tails. Okay. He had two recruits come in, and you could go on the Applegate and look for buzzards because buzzards will lead us to the bodies. And that was just Fair. in January of that year when they were searching. Okay. <coughs> Sorry. You're good. He went on to say buzzards are migratory birds, and they hadn't been there hadn't been one in the Rogue Valley since early November. So I don't know why they were looking for the buzzards. Yeah, if they were migratory birds. He said a few early suspects were quickly eliminated, and there were no new leads, and the case went cold for months. And officers began to lose hope. Okay. They were getting the strangest calls, though. Tips were coming in of where they were and what they were doing. They said people were, were seeing them in Seattle. They also saw them in San Francisco. But obviously, they weren't there. Okay. So, let's talk a little bit about the suspects in this Cowden killings. Dwayne Lee Little was implicated, but never charged with murders. He had paroled from the Oregon State Penitentiary in May of 1974, three months prior to the Cowden's disappearance. Okay. And then on November 2nd, 1964, he had sexually assaulted and murdered a teenager at the age of only 15. The, the young teenager was only 15. Okay. State police were able to determine that Little had been in Copper over the Labor Day weekend at the approximate time the Cowden family was killed. Okay. Little's girlfriend told law enforcement that she had seen him with a 22 caliber gun during Christmas in 1974. Okay. And on January 12th, 1975, his parole was revoked after she informed the police of that. Oh. Little was then paroled again in April 1977, and on June 2nd, 1980, he picked up a pregnant 23-year-old named Margie Hunter, whose car had broken down near Portland, Oregon. Okay. He again sexually assaulted her and beat her, but she survived. Okay. And Little was charged and convicted of attempted homicide and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Finally. Yes. He was never cooperative with mental health treatment and refused to discuss any of the murders he was accused of. Okay. 
Police believe that the two men and women in the truck reported by the Los Angeles family in the campground were, in fact, Little and his parents. Oh. Their truck matched the description provided by the family that saw the truck. The family from L.A. Yeah. Little and his family denied any knowledge of the Cowden's disappearance. However, a miner who owned cabin who owned a cabin nearby claimed that little and his parents had stopped by on Monday, September 2nd, 1974 and signed a guest book he had for visitors. Oh. Interesting. And then little had actually a in uh he shared a cell with a different inmate named Floyd Forsberg who would later claim that little confessed to the Cowden's murders. Okay. Um, Richard Cowden's father committed suicide a few months after the bodies were discovered, which is really sad, but he was cleared of any involvement because they thought, why would you kill yourself? You know, it it was he guilty, but he was cleared. Okay. So all these facts behind the Cowden's murders still remain unknown, and we don't exactly know what happened. Um, the only thing they they can turn determine was foul play was definitely involved. Yeah. But who was it? Was yeah. it Dwayne Little or was it someone else? Yeah. I don't know. Because his cellmate could have just been like, "Hey, I'll give you some information if you like can get me a parole hearing, right?" Or lower or, my sentence. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's definitely a lot of reasons why he would lie, but also at the same time, why would he pick that family or that story? Fair, fair. Like, out of everything. Right. Wild. Yeah. So, of course, there's no new information. This was 1975. Mm -hmm. So, if anybody has any information in the Oregon area, please reach out to the police department. Um, they still are looking into this, but obviously it's been fif- almost 50 years later. So yeah. craziness. Yeah, that's it's crazy that like they had been to the cave previously before and there right. was no bodies. And then now all of a sudden there's all these bodies. That's what I don't understand the, that uh, uh, the person or whoever was there on September 2nd. So what happened in that 24-hour period? Right. Like, what did you, where were they? Right. And maybe Unless you, like, abducted them. He could have abducted them and, like, done whatever. Mm-hmm. And then tied up Richard around a tree and killed the kids and wife. Craziness. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? They have no information of what could have possibly happened. Hmm. Sad. It was very sad. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.